the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is doing everything they can do to help out hashtag Degens only cash big, including a 50% deposit match on your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to get a 50% deposit match. We're also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app built specifically for player props. Download the app in the App Store and use promo code SGP for an instant deposit match of up to $50. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. Sign up and prop up today. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace Per Head is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Friends, fight fans, degenerates, lend me your ear, for I bring to you episode two of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Jeff Fox. I cover UFC for Sports Gambling Podcast Network website. I also run my own uh, MMA website. I have for decades now, MMA-Manifesto.com. Make sure you check that out for all the fight news, um, salary info for all the fighters, uh, run a pick em contest every week, lots of fun stuff. So check that out. Uh, I'm not here alone, though. Uh, far too lazy to do this on my own. Uh, the br- the brains of our operation, uh, which would make me the brawn and the beauty, I take it, which is scary, but nonetheless, the brains of the operation. My co-host also is, uh, is on MMA-Manifesto.com. He's my right-hand man. He also hosts two podcasts of his own, uh, Top Turtle MMA Podcast and The Prelim Picker. That would be Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Thanks for having me on again. And uh, I, I'm not sure I'm the brains of the operation, though, because as we're going to break down our results from last week, I, I'm pretty sure you take the take the cake as the brains from last week. No, actually, but let's get right into that. We actually tied last week, which is pretty uh, sad, uh, at least according, <laughs> to my, according to my stats, we tied. Uh, we Our picks were four and six. Uh, I think we were both, if we bet 100 bucks on each on each fight uh, from we're talking about uh, last week's Felder versus Dos Anjos, which was not Felder versus Dos Anjos when we recorded. It was Makachev versus Dos Anjos. <laughs> and, and it had what? It had 12 fights, I believe, at that time, and we ended up getting nine. So regardless, um, we were – do we have nine fights or ten? I think we had nine yeah. nine fights? Right. Yeah, nine yeah, fights okay. at the end. All right, so we ended up four and five, not four and six. So hooray for us. Um <laughs> But but if we bet 100 on each of those fights, we'd be down about 121 bucks at this point. So, um, what happened, Gumby? Uh, I mean, like for me, uh, first of all, I, I'd like to pat both of us on the back for taking Chaos Williams with one of the most devastating knockouts I've seen. The the most alarming thing about that fight too, which I'll just talk about real quick, is I feel like we nobody turned the camera on on Abdul Razak Al Hassan laying there unconscious. The first time I got a glimpse of him was when Chaos Williams was exiting the cage, giving Dana White knuckles. You could kind of see him still laying down in the background. Super alarming to not show him at all. Um, wh- what happened? I-, I think, to be honest, I overestimated and underestimated some people's grappling abilities. Like, I really thought Paul Felder had the ability to defend the grappling against Dos Anjos enough to make his headway on, on the feet, which according to one judge, I guess he did. Um, and I also just underestimated the grappling of Ashley Yoder and Sean Strickland. You know, I, I thought both of those guys would have a grappling disadvantage and maybe not even be able to take it to the ground. But Strickland took down Allen. And then when he didn't want to get taken down, he was able to stop that. And, and Yoder just absolutely manhandled Granger in, in the second and third round. So, you know, I, I think some of it was, was not taking... Some people's grappling, you know, strongly enough. And also, I would just say the Corey McKenna, Kay Hansen decision was one of the most ludicrous decisions I've seen in a really long time. In my, for my money, we won that pick with Kay Hansen because she won that fight. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. And we have, what is with the scoring in the main event? You can't have two judges give five rounds to Dos Anjos and then one judge give 
him two rounds like how, how does that happen in profession in the highest level of the sport i don't know but the other thing is too that's really interesting is that if you follow ufc news's twitter account they actually post the scorecards for you which is something they do when you cover live events they like used to just email them to the media people but like since less media people are there now and they want those scorecards out like instead of giving them to the media people now what they do is they just you know post them out on twitter and it is it was wild the rounds that they gave Felder. Did you see this? No, I, did, do, I didn't see the actual breakdown. Do, do you no. want to guess what rounds they gave him? <laughs> no, I I couldn't guess. I, I was surprised when I saw the striking stats that after three rounds he was he outstruck Dos Santos every round. Um, yeah, well, and, and be, be, that's that's pure number though, right? Like, and and that's sort right. of the alarming thing about those striking stats all the time is that you can say, sure, he's outstriking him, but at the same time. Every single time Dos Anjos landed, it looked like, you know, Paul Felder was in a car accident and his head whipped back and like it, it was terrible for him. Whereas every single time Felder was hitting him, was it good? Yeah, yeah, he had some good shots in there. But like the Dos Anjos shots to the body were, were punishing, you know. So I think that's true. But but to answer my previous question, they gave Paul Felder rounds two, three, and four. Which to me is ludicrous because if I was going to give Felder any round, I think I gave him five. Um, maybe maybe four, possibly five. And like I said, th- those were – I definitely leaned Dos Anjos in both of those rounds. But like if I was watching it with an eye being like, oh, Paul Felder might win, uh, I think I maybe could have given him the late rounds. But even then, like that is those, – those scorecards were bad. And like I said before, the McKenna Hansen scorecards, which was all three judges, was even worse. Right. So basically, we got screwed out of uh, out of winning last week. So don't blame us once again, uh, dear listener. But blame the powers that be. They they are the ones that that uh, that screwed us out of our money. Of course. Um, thinking anything else to mention? We had a a first last night. We had a, a mouth guard fall out of someone's mouth and go underneath <laughs> underneath the cage where they had to like. Had to get, uh, they basically had to had to take apart the uh, the the setup to get this guy's mouth guard up. Yeah, and, and what's wild? There's so many wild things about this, right? First of all, how long it took to find it, like, what where, where could it have gone? And then second of all, like, aren't you supposed to have a backup mouth guard? Like, shouldn't there be like a backup mouth guard in your your ice box or your ice bucket? Like, at least I thought that that was true. Um, and the best thing to come of all of this are all of the jokes about how John Jones was living underneath the cage, hiding it from right. people, which, uh, I, I appreciate everybody who beat me to that joke on Twitter. Cause that, that was pretty funny. <laughs> no doubt. Um, other than that, you know, a pretty, pretty decent night of fights. Uh, Paul Felder's head exploded. That was interesting to see. Um, but yeah, it was all in all, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty solid, uh, solid night of, uh, of, of scraps so hopefully this upcoming week is also uh just the same it's actually a pay-per-view ufc 255 but before we get to that let's uh tell you about my bookie.ag so we got late fall college ball the nba bubble and ufc fight island is clear 2020 has been a year unlike any other which is why we need a sports book with offers unlike any other get some skin in the game with my bookie where odds boosts lightning deals and free bets await you all season long and with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at my bookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at my bookie. And when you do, make sure you use promo code SGP, so Sports Gambling Podcast, to get your deposit match halfway. So that's SGP. They'll uh, match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So basically, the terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. That's $100 free bucks right there. If you were already planning to bet the season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie. So come join in the fun and win some cash while you're at it. All right. So let's get down to this week's pay-per-view. It's something fans have been whining for for eons, it seems. Uh, we want we want pay-per-views headlined by Alex Perez and co-headlined by Jennifer Maya, correct? I, I, you know, we're gonna we're obviously gonna talk about these bouts. I hate Jennifer Maya as a title challenger. I think she's she's probably like the worst possible choice you could have. 
But that being said, I'm about to say some really flattering things about Alex Perez. So I will reserve, uh, granted, maybe not as him as a headliner on a pay-per-view, but I will reserve saying things about him until we get into breaking down that fight. Right. Not saying he's not a good fighter. He's just not a big name, but not many featherweights are. So I'm flyweights, excuse me, are. So let's actually start things off as we do. I, this is, uh, I believe this is our official fight card at this point, but who knows how many of these fights will end up falling through. Hopefully we'll have this posted before they fall through this week. So um, I'm going to lean on Gumby for, for our opener because it's two new ones. We got welterweights, Lewis Koski, I believe it's pronounced, and Sasha Palitnikov. Uh, there we go. So we've got... Uh, for the Koski came here from Dana White's Contender Series, uh, Politnikov from from the amateur scene. Neither guy has not amateur scene, but regional scene. Neither guy has much experience. Um, Koski's six years uh, the junior, which is usually helps out uh, when it comes fight time. He's a big favorite at minus three seventy. Um, the underdog would be at plus two ninety five. What can you tell us about these two guys, Dan? So, so one of the things I would tell you about Palatnikov that, that makes him kind of fun and, and sort of an interesting underdog pick here is he's a very talented striker. Um, if you look back at his record, uh, he, he did fight more, fight more near Lazez, who you might remember have re- having recently be uh, Abdul Razak Al-Assan in the UFC. Um, so he's kind of a fun striker. He's got some really interesting like clinch work and body lock takedowns. But with that being said, he's fighting a guy like Louis Koske, who, who is just like a wrecking ball when he gets in there. You know, look at his record. He's 7-0 with seven first-round finishes. Some of them, I I mean, he had back-to-back finishes in 18 seconds. He's got one in eight seconds. He's got one in 32 seconds. Like, this is a guy who just goes in there and gets it done. And he's big. He's physical. Both him and his brother are fun in that way. Um, it's, It's too bad his brother fell off this card with an injury. But, like, both of them, very fun in that way that they are they are very tough wrestlers, very good with the ground and pound. And, and for that reason, I think, you know, while Politnikov is an interesting pick at that high of value as far as his underdogness, if if I have to make a pick here and I have to, to pick who I think is going to win, I think Kosuke is the smarter pick. Um, but certainly live dog money on a guy who's, who's sort of like a fun striker and would possibly win this fight if it stayed on the feet. Sounds good to me. I have I have Koske also. Um, so we agree on the first one, which is uh, disappointing. But we'll, I'm sure we'll have some disagreements coming up. Uh, we got one of the speaking of brothers. We got one of the Doskis is uh, in the next bout. Uh, the middleweight one, Kyle. Uh, he's going up against Dustin Stoltfus. A lot of good names on this week's <laughs> uh, this week's card for a host. Um, Doskis has uh, got one inch of reach, uh, and he's two years um, his opponent's junior. All these stats I give you are basically are stats that I've uh, I've done research on in the past, and they do influence um, the outcomes of fights. So uh, I'm not just throwing them out there for the heck of it. So um, Delk has dropped his uh, UFC debut. Uh, he's a sizable favorite, minus 235. Uh, his opponent um, has striking and grappling stats on his favor, but that's based just on one fight he had, I believe, in the Contender Series. Um, he's 0-0 in the big show, UFC. He's at plus 185. I'm taking Dawkins. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? I'm actually going to differ with you on this one. So you're looking All for right. one that we could go different on. I like Stoltfoots in this one, and I'm probably saying his name wrong because that's a nightmare to try to say. Um, but the interesting thing to me here is that Dawkins, if you look at his skills and you look at his wins, like he's got a boatload of Dara's choke wins on his record. He's got great submission skills. But he's going up against a guy who's an excellent wrestler. And and I really think that there's a high probability that this fight could wind up being a stalemate if it does hit the mat. It, both guys being very talented grapplers. Both guys being very good on the mat. But the problem is if it goes into a stalemate on the mat, it's pretty clear to me which one is going to have the advantageous position. And that's Stoltfoots because he's the better wrestler and he's got good top game. And if he decides that he doesn't want this on the mat, which is, you know, very possible that he decides that because he is a strong wrestler, I think he's got the advantage on the feet too. So while a lot of people are looking at those plus 205 odds, I would be looking at him pretty juicy here because I think, you know, with a guy who's got a good record and, and we saw him win by slam takedown and watch his, his opponent's elbow pop out of joint, I, I think he, he's got a good chance here of probably just grinding out here, Dawkins. 
there you go. That's that's a quite a decent dog if you hit on that one. Plus 185, that'll uh, be a nice little payday for you, Dan, if you hit that one. And you're not underestimating grappling, uh, so you learned from last week. That's good. <laughs> Especially grappling of the new guys. That That's one that, that always tends to burn me because, like, you look at – and this goes for everybody out there. If you look at regional grappling, if you look at a guy who's busting in and, and hitting a bunch of takedowns on the regional circuit – you got to remember that some of those guys they're fighting are real bad. Um, right. But that doesn't also mean that you have to write them off completely either, right? Like, And, and I would say that about Stoltfoots is, is that if you look at his regional record, yeah, he's bull rushed a bunch of people, taken them down in devastating fashion. And it might be your instinct to just be like, well, I mean, he fought cupcakes, right? Like he's fighting guys who he should take down. He's fighting a guy who's, you know, you know, five and four. He's fighting a guy who's four and two he should be ripping those guys to the ground but also like the dude's got a twister finish like that that should be enough for you to get excited about him right right exactly and that's uh speaking of opponents records that's a, a very important thing when you're doing research for fights i find is go on a site like topology check out who especially if it's a, if it's a newcomer check out who they fought and what their opponent's records have been you'll see a lot of these guys have records padded with with a bunch of uh a bunch of cans or or fighters with no record at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got an interesting one here. Uh, we got a 12-fight UFC veteran uh, going up against a newcomer, which you don't usually see uh, a veteran um, of this uh, this length of time in the UFC taking on a brand new newbie in the big show. But we do at our uh, last on the uh, early prelims card. It's a welterweight fight. Uh, the veteran would be Alan Joban, the model Alan Joban, model uh, – UFC commentator, he does it all. So he's he's seven and five in the UFC. He's come on some some hard ties as of late. Only one win in his past four fights. May have a foot out of uh, out of the sport because, um, like I said, he's he's got a bunch of other opportunities other than getting punched in the face for a living. Uh, right now he's at minus one fifteen. Uh, he's going up against newcomer Jared Gooden. We got a lot of Jareds and Goodens and Gordons. It's it's getting confusing in the UFC. There's far too many uh, guys with similar names. Um, he's 12 years uh, his junior, so that's a big red flag right there for Joban. Uh, three years, uh, three years, sorry, three inches reach, which is another uh, red flag. He's a minus 105, um, slight, slight um, favorite. And actually, dog, it would be in this one. Uh, I'm going with him. What are your your thoughts, Dan? I'm actually going to go with Alan Jobin. Uh, and, and, you know, part of the reason why I'm doing that, too, is is what we just mentioned about uh, records outside of the cage. If you go back and look at his fights outside of the cage uh, recently, he did beat Trent McCowan, who, who's a pretty good prospect in Titan FC at eight and four. Um, but before that, he fought Jay Jackson, who's three and 13. He fought Marcel Stamps, who's four and one. Um, his win before that was against Will Santiago at nine and six. And he actually had two losses in there in Titan FC too. And look at those losses. They are to higher level competition. Bruno Oliveira at seven and one and UFC veteran Mike Graves, who is seven, one and two. So like he, he's got losses to guys who are UFC level or UFC caliber. And he's beaten the guys he should beat on the regional circuit. I would also say just in that Trent McCowan fight, if you go back and watch it, which you can if you if you got fight pass, um, McCowan actually jacks up Jared Gooden a couple of times with some punches. Gooden has got great power in his hands, but he's not the most elusive guy. So fighting a guy like Alan Joban, as long as Joban goes in there and believes in himself and moves forward, I actually think this is probably a pretty easy fight for him. Like you said, he is definitely on the, the, the way out because, you know, he... He doesn't have much left in the sport, and he knows he doesn't. He's 38 years old at this point. So, you know, given that, I think that's alarming. His 20 months off is alarming. For those reasons, I might hedge away from maybe not betting this one. Uh, But if I did bet it, I I do like Alan Joban in this one. Okay, interesting. Yeah, he's got his only win uh, in the past, what, three years is is Ben Saunders, which, you know, gives me – uh, cause for pause. So that's why I'm going with a newcomer, but uh, you have probably more insight in it than I do, but I'm still going to be right. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see just you. the way it goes, Dan, sorry. <laughs> so that, that wraps up the, the early prelims at this point um, by fight night, we may have uh, two fights left on the card. So who knows um, before we get into the actual prelim card, uh, the early prelims will be on ESPN two and ESPN plus and the fight pass. 
Uh, regular prelims will be on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. But before we get to that, let's talk about Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. The response of SGP listeners for Thrive Fantasy has been amazing. So they're hooking the listeners up with a $1,000 free roll uh, for the big Eagles versus Giants Thursday night game. That's right, $1,000 free roll. Use the password DEGEN, D-E-G-E-N, to enter the game. That's password D-E-G-E-N, DEGEN. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. If you're playing NFL, choose Ted out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. If you're playing NBA, PGA, MLB, esports, choose five out of the 10 available player props to build your lineup. Just don't pick any Cowboys, right, Dan? I would if never. You plan on winning. I would never pick any Cowboys if I was doing daily fantasy sports. <laughs> and, this, and this comes from a Cowboy fan, so there you go. Uh, each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to sh- win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over 50,000 in guaranteed prizes weekly and has awarded over 1.6 million in cash prizes. Use promo code SGP when you sign up today and you will receive an instant match up to $50 in your first deposit with four times rollover. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And don't forget promo code SGP. Okay, to the prelim, the main prelims. Uh, this it starts off with possibly... Uh, Fight of the night here. Welterweights, uh, Daniel Rodriguez versus Nicholas Dalby. This should be a slugfest, a slobber knocker. Um, D-Rod is two years Dalby's junior. Uh, he's got the stri- striking and grappling stats in his favor. Uh, 4-0 in the UFC, 13-1 overall. Uh, a minus 330 favorite. Uh, Dalby's 2-4 and four in his two stints in the UFC. Uh, 1-1 since he's returned to the big show. He's a plus 285. Uh, I think Rodriguez has got to be my pick here. I think Rodriguez is my pick too, as far as who I think is going to win this fight. But I have to say, you have to like those odds on Nicholas Dalby. If you're getting him at plus 285, the guy is insanely durable and has a ridiculous gas tank. So like, if, if Daniel Rodriguez hits him in the first round and thinks he's going to finish him and doesn't, it's going to spell a disaster for D-Rod. D-Rod has to either stay composed and keep some of that gas in the tank for later on, or he better get Nicholas Dalby out of there. Because Dalby, you guys might remember, in his first stint in the UFC, he actually fought Darren Till, and Darren Till did that to him. Darren Till t- whooped him for the first round and the second round, was up 20-18 to 18 on all the judges' scorecards, and that fight went to a draw because Dalby took a 10-8 third round against him. So... Dalby, insanely durable, great gas tank, has the ability to pretty much stay in any fight. So for D-Rod, I would say the key here, probably keep it on the feet and make sure that you win those first two rounds without dumping too much of the gas out. Because if you are going to dump it out, you better finish Nicholas Dalby because he's going to be there late. Um, And as a result, I I actually think D-Rod will do that. He'll probably take rounds one and two. I'll take him here probably by decision. Um, but like it, it's going to get hairy towards that end of that third round. If you are betting hit on him and negative three you're going to sweat a little bit in this one. And it's fight of the night. You agree with that? Oh yeah. Um, I, so I will say I'd like this as a pick for fight of the night, but you have to remember later on, we're going to be talking about a, a fight that involves Mike Perry, which is very right. difficult to take off yep. the fight of the night. And, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in just a second, but Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Roy Vall to me right. is just an exciting one. So so there's a lot of contenders in here, but this one is definitely on the short list. Yep, for sure. Um, we, we moved to the first uh, Shevchenko sister uh, at Women's Flylight. Uh, the older sister, uh, Antonina Shevchenko, is taking on Ariane Lipsky, uh, like I said, in Women's Flyweight belt on the prelims. Uh, Shevchenko's got stats in her favor, striking and grappling. Um, she's 3-2 and two in the UFC, but that's... A little, um, a little. Uh, basically, she's been thrown in the deep end right, right off the bat. Um, she, she's had tough competition since she's gotten into the UFC. She's lost to uh, Caitlin Chukagian and um, Roxy Roxanne Modafferi. So she's uh, no no slouch um, uh, on on her resume and uh, no no uh, 
no issues losing those two girls. So her last fight was against uh, Blonde Fire Chukagian, and she lost that one. Uh, she's a minus 160 favorite going against Lipsky. Lipsky's 10 years her junior. She's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. Uh, after dropping her first two, she's she's won two straight. Uh, she's at plus 130. Your thoughts? I actually really like Shevchenko at that price. Um, while, you know, like you said, she's 3-2, she's and two, and that's maybe not the most encouraging thing. You know, losing to Roxanne Modafari in a fight where she got out-muscled and then losing to Caitlin Chokagian in, in kind of the same fight, a fight where when she got into the clinch, she couldn't really impose her will. I, I think that that's a little a, a little bit too easy to, to put too much stock in because those are two very physically strong top-of-the-division women. And in this fight against Ariane Lipsky, I see Lipsky is liking to do a lot of the same things as Shevchenko. They like to work in the clinch. They like to throw elbows. They like to sometimes mix in a takedown when they're in that clinch. I just don't think Lipsky has got the strength advantage that she's going to need in order to stop the better technique here of Shevchenko. And and for that reason, I I, I really think, you know, she's not going to outgrapple her once it hits the mat, especially if not if she's on the bottom. So that crazy knee bar she finished on Luana Carolina can kind of go towards the wayside here. I, I like Shevchenko. I like her probably by decision because that's a lot of what we see in the women's uh, flyweight fights. And I just think, you know, like I said, if she if she's having trouble in the clinch, she's going to hit the takedown and we're going to see her win that way. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, La Pantera versus uh, Via decision is my pick too, for sure, uh, in that one. Uh, we come to our viral star, uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, he's back again after his uh, possibly the greatest knockout in MMA history. Um, middleweight fight against Jordan Wright. Um, Buckley, three years Wright's junior. Uh, he's one one in the UFC, but his last win was was the one that got him all over, all over the internet, all over ESPN. Um, surprisingly, he has a grappling stats on Wright. Um, the grappling advantage. Wright is uh, got an inch on him, uh, but he's an inch of reach, but he's four inches taller, so so he will be the bigger guy. Uh, he won his UFC debut. He's won all his fights actually. He's eleven and zero. Uh, in the UFC, he's a plus 215 uh, dog uh, to Buckley's minus 275. I am, I, I like that plus 215. I'm going to roll the dice and take right in here, uh, thinking that Buckley's uh, being overpriced because of his his viral viral fame. Uh, you agree, Dan, or are you going to go opposite? So I think he might be being over overranked a little bit due to his viralness. But like, also if you go back and watch that fight with Kevin Holland that he had, that he actually lost in his debut by knockout. He took a straight right, or was it straight left? He took a straight punch right down the pike, threw his guard, knocked him out. And I actually think he was holding his own against Kevin Holland in there. The thing that's interesting to me about Buckley is we're all talking about this like flashiness, this spinniness, this crazy knockout. The thing I like the best about Buckley is that he stays composed and he he throws meaningful punches only. He stays tight on the inside. He doesn't overextend himself. And, and he, of course, he's famous for doing the exact opposite of that, by doing the craziest thing he could find. But I actually think that here, if he stays composed and doesn't do the crazy thing, he's probably going to beat Jordan Wright just based on that fact. Because Jordan Wright is a guy who loves throwing spinny shit. They call him the Beverly Hills Ninja for Christ's sakes because he does all of that like floppy spinny crap. And I actually think that that serves him poorly in two ways here. Buckley is good at staying composed and staying within himself. And also the other thing I like about Buckley here is, is that he's got a good gas tank because he stays composed. If Wright winds up going late into this fight, which he has never done very well, right? Like you, you, you mentioned his record in there, and that he's got, you know, he's 11 and 0, and he he's put together this amazing run, and he was on Contender Series. That's true, but let's take a look at his record and how deep he's gone in these fights, because you're gonna see first round knockout, 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 first round submission, first round knockout, first round knockout, second round knockout, first round knockout. So like he is just getting people out quickly. You're not going to get Buckley out quickly. I'm interested to see how his gas tank holds up, especially throwing all the spinny stuff. So for that reason, I'm taking Buckley. All right. Excellent. Excellent. This could be, be actually be another fun fight and potential uh, fight of the year. This actually, it's decent card now that we're going through it. There's there's some some uh, fun fights on here for sure. Yeah, I, I actually really like this this fight card in, in terms of like stylistic matchups for sure. Maybe not like the most meaningful, but definitely stylistically fun. 
Right, exactly. Okay, we get to our prelim headliner, uh, fly, Flyweights, which I love. Uh, unlike your other uh, host on, on Top Turtle who hates the Flyweights, I, I like the little guys. Uh, I, I enjoy, I've always enjoyed watching uh, Flyweights fight. Uh, maybe it's from, from watching WEC way back in the day, which I used to love to watch. That that could be the case. But uh, this is... Uh, could be a could be a top con, top contender or number one con, uh, contender fight here um, between Brandon Moreno and Brandon Royval. Uh, Moreno is a year younger, uh, two inches of reach. He's five two and one in his uh, UFC career. Uh, he's won his last two fights, which is in the flyweight gets you on the cusp of of uh, challenging for a title. So he, if he wins this fight, there's a very good chance he, he'll be next in line for for a title shot. So he's at minus one ninety. Uh, against the other brand, Brandon Royval, uh, he's got the striking advantage, uh, stat-wise at least. He's uh, 2-0 in the UFC. Uh, both his wins come in via submission. He's plus 160. Uh, I want some more underdog action, so I'm going to take uh, Royval in this one. I- I'm going with you, too. I actually love Royval in this fight as well. Let's, let's double down on our underdog. And, and the interesting thing to me here is that you know, so many people talk about the grappling of Royval, and, and I've talked to him a couple of times about it. You know, in his whole career, he shot one takedown. And the only time he's ever shot in a takedown is when he was stunned. With that being said, his grappling skills are exceptional here, which means we're probably going to watch him and Moreno duke it out. And it's just going to take Royval tagging Moreno once to get Moreno to shoot in. And that's, I think, probably where Royval will do his best is if Moreno shoots in. I think we're going to see Roy Vall jump on a neck here. And, and not that Moreno doesn't have good grappling skills, but I think Moreno has a better time when he's scrambling as being the person who's attempting to be taken down. And you're just not going to get that here from Roy Vall. I also think the Factory X Muay Thai style of Roy Vall, the way he picks people's legs apart, the way he's a little bit more selective in his shots than Moreno, who just kind of like dumps on the volume here. Um, I don't think that's going to play very well against Roy Vall. So I, I've, I've picked Roy Vall as an underdog in both of his first two UFC fights. I'm riding with him again here for his third one. And like you said, this should, barring Cody Garbrandt actually believing he's going to make it to 125 pounds, this should put Roy Vall in a title fight, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, either, either guy should should go in a title fight after after this win. So um, it should be a fun one also. So Shockwave Dave can can skip it if he likes, <laughs> but I'm, defi- I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm sure you are too. Yeah, I, I so love the flyweights. Is, I'm a big flyweight guy. Yeah, no doubt. So, so that wraps up the prelims. Actually, very, very nice prelims, as as you can uh, hear us going through it. There's a lot of good fights there. So uh, let's talk about Ace Perhead, and then we'll get to the uh, the main card, shall we? So Ace Perhead, uh, have you ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Perhead is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. So go to aceperhead.com slash SGP, aceperhead.com slash SGP. Let's jump into the pay-per-view portion of the card, um, which will be on... Um, ESPN plus app. Uh, we got a rematch starting off um, the card at this point. Light heavyweights, Mauricio Shogun Rua. Yes, he's uh, he's still around. He will be fighting Paul Craig. Uh, these two fought to a draw the last time they, they fought one another. Uh, Shogun has a striking advantage. Uh, he's 27 and 11 in, in the UFC. It's insane. Uh, he won his last fight. Uh, drew against uh, Drew against uh, Craig. Like I said, Craig's six years his junior, uh, five and four in the UFC. Um, one his last one two and Drew one in his last three. So he's on a bit of a roll after kind of being an up and down guy um, fighter uh, leading up to that. He's minus one eighty uh, going into this one. Uh, Shogun's line is one second. Let me find it. It is plus one forty. Um, I think I'm going with Craig here. I always want to go with the younger guy who has more gas in his tank. Um, you agree or you disagree? I'm going to go with Craig too, but but very, very tentatively here because the, the thing about Paul Craig is I love his grappling. And I, depending on what Paul Craig shows up, I also like his striking, but I'm, I don't know which one of those Paul Craigs is going to show up. Um, in being that he's fighting, you know, Shogun, who again, 
we don't really know who Shogun is anymore. It's such a weird fight. Um, knowing that they drew in the past, I would just say, like, if you're planning on putting down money on this card on, on anybody, this is probably a fight to stay away from. Just being that it's so weird in terms of what they did last time and what their styles are and how both of them are kind of flaky at this point in their career. Um, I, I like Craig, too. I, I'd say probably he gets it done with a decision, but... Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely staying away from this one as far as putting down my own money. So you don't bet every fight in the card, Dan? You're not a filthy degenerate? Ah, uh, I I mean I I would say that I'm not. At, I I could be <laughs> filthier. Let's say I could be filthier. I've I've taken a shower once in a while. <laughs> yes, just because we break down every fight doesn't mean you have to bet every fight, but. But uh, it's more fun if you do, everyone. Come on. Um, so we got another women's flyweight uh, about we got three of them on this on this card. So if anyone falls out of the uh, this probably is on purpose. If, if uh, someone falls out of the the title fight, they, they have someone they can they can substitute in quite easily. So we've got former uh, title challenger Caitlin Chukagian, uh, the uh, aforementioned blonde fighter. She's going up against Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, Chukagian's. Uh, a year her junior, which is surprising because it seems uh, Cabillo is the, the up-and-comer, but uh, it's not the case, at least uh, at least based on birth year. Um, Chukagin is also f- four inches of reach uh, larger than her opponent. Um, she's 7-4 in the, in the UFC, only one and two in her last uh, her last three fights. She uh, This will be her first fight against a non-Shevchenko in, uh, I guess, what, three fights ago, so... Uh, she she lost to the champ and, and beat beat her beat her sister. Um, she is a plus one seventy dog going against Calvillo. Calvillo's got striking and grappling stats in her favor, so that's a big plus for her. Um, six and one. Uh, her only loss is to former champ Carla Esparza, so no shame there. Uh, she's minus two twenty, and she is also my pick. Yeah, she's my pick too. And, and the reason is is real simple. When you're looking at Ch- Caitlin Chokagian, Chokagian concedes a lot of takedowns. You know, you mentioned the, the grappling advantage here for uh, Cynthia Calvillo as far as her, her stats are concerned. Chokagian's got a 15% takedown defense percentage, or uh, takedown accuracy, rather. That's her offense, and only 48% stuffing. So that means out of every two takedowns people shoot on her, she gives one of them up. She gave up, you know, uh, three to Valentina Shoshenko, two to Jessica Andrade. And those aren't so alarming because that's the tippity-top of those divisions, right? But she did give up one to Jennifer Maya. She gave up three to Joanne Calderwood, who we think of as typically like a Muay Thai specialist. She gave up one to Mauro Romero Barella, who is, you know, a real lower tier fighter in the UFC. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure she was recently let go from the UFC. So like Chokigian, yeah, Chokigian's takedown defense, not good. And when you pair that with Cynthia Calvillo, who's somebody who took Marina Rodriguez down three times. She absolutely manhandled Jessica I in her last fight. Like, she is just a really great grappler. You mentioned she lost to Carla Esparza in there, and that being her only loss. But the Carla Esparza loss, she even took down talented wrestler Carla Esparza. So, you know, I love Cynthia Calvillo here probably by grappling up Chokagian. Because Chokagian is a Danaher Death Squad grappler, you know, like, I don't think she's going to get subbed. Um, so like if you could find a Calvillo prop for, for goes to decision, I, I think that that's a pretty safe play here. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Uh, which brings us to the ultimate Florida man, Florida's <laughs> answer to, to Florida's answer to Connor McGregor, uh, welterweight Mike Perry, who's, uh, never short of, of, um, controversy outside the cage, like his, his Irish counterpart, Mr. McGregor, whether it's drunken fights or being uh, accused of more serious things like uh, domestic abuse uh, or him saying something crazy, which is uh, quite often he's, he's never short of, of uh, misadventures and and bad headlines outside the cage. Um, He is going up against Tim Means, who's, who's stepping in um, short notice to take this fight. Perry's seven years as junior. Uh, He's seven and six in the UFC. Um, All of those pretty much battles. So he's got a lot of, a lot of wear in his tire. Uh, he won his last fight, uh, which was his only win in the past three. He's one and two. He's minus 140. Favorite going against Means. Means will be much larger, uh, four inches of reach on him, a better striking stats. He's 12 and nine in the UFC, uh, only three and four in his last 
seven fights. Uh, he's a plus 110 uh, slight dog in this one. Uh, who are you taking, Dan? I actually like Tim Means in this fight, surprisingly. I was going to pick Mike Perry over Robbie Lawler, too, who is his original opponent. Um, mostly just because Robbie Lawler gets hit a lot now, um, as, as Colby Covington clearly showed us in that fight. But, like, if you look at Tim Means now, Tim Means is doing an exceedingly well job at... at not getting smoked by guys who hit really hard, right? Like Tiago Alves fought him and he stayed out of Tiago Alves's reach for, you know, it only lasted half of a round, but he didn't let Tiago Alves get in on anything. And he actually tagged Alves. You could say similar things about his fight with Lariano Staropoli. Um, he looked good against Daniel Rodriguez until he got, you know, kind of clipped and, and submitted there. Um, so in his last three fights, you know, I've, I've been pretty impressed with Tim Means. So I, I like him here to probably stay away from the damage from Mike Perry. Um, and, and Mike Perry, you know, a guy who, who goes balls to the wall may find himself with not enough gas in the tank towards the end of this fight. Yeah, you've actually uh, convinced me. Um, I was going to pick Perry, but th- there's far too many uh, red uh, red lights flashing with that guy. <laughs> Will he have anyone in his in his corner? Will it just be his pregnant girlfriend in his corner uh, coaching him? Uh, Somebody know, who paid uh, a lot of money to coach him in his exactly. corner. I heard Darren Till was you know offering some cash. Yes, there's out a video site was going to offer him uh, to be his coach. So yeah, he's he's definitely had a case. But yeah, I I like your actual technical uh, outside of that your the technical break breakdown of how how means uses his reach and and is actually uh, becoming a crafty veteran. Um, and and Perry will gas himself out um going for the home run shot constantly so yeah uh, means is both our picks uh plus 110 uh, get some nice underdog plus money on that one uh which brings us to our one our first title fight um women's flylight once again uh valentina shevchenko uh who's basically unstoppable at, at uh, flyweight unstoppable at any weight in, in the ufc unless your name is amanda nunes uh amanda nunes is the only fighter she's lost to in the ufc so she's eight and two um she's fighting jennifer maya um who dan is not high on it as you heard at the starting of the show um shevchenko's got two inches of reach striking stats in her favor grappling stats in her favor like i said she's only lost to noons um she's basically demolishing everyone in sight uh she's minus 1220 uh <laughs> last last i checked going into this fight um so it basically slapping the face to the UFC matchmaking here. Uh, Maya has won one straight fight to get this, uh, to get this uh, title shot. So she's run quite a roll. Um, three and two in her last five plus eight Oh five. Uh, Shevchenko is going to roll and win this one, but I'm going nowhere near a number that high. No, I'm, I'm going nowhere near a number that high. I wouldn't bet on that. If you want to add like 10 points to any parlay, you know, get your parlay from like a plus 130 to a plus 138 or something like that. You know, just add her to every single one because she's going to give you that extra eight bucks on every 100 because um, she, she's not going to lose this fight. If, if you look at Jennifer Maya's career so far, it's crazy to me that she got this title shot coming off an armbar win over Joanne Calderwood. Right. Like we give we give people who have flashy finishes a little extra props. But this is a woman who's coming off of two missed weights back to back before that, including one of which she lost to Caitlin Chokagian. And if you look back at her record, she has never finished an opponent in a meaningful organization. She has no finishes with the exception of Joanne Calderwood in her last fight in the UFC. She fought in Invicta before that. She's got no finishes in Invicta. If you go way back, she fought for Cage Warriors, uh, which is a a promotion in Dubai, which is, I would guess is probably fairly uh, legitimate here. She, she lost her only fight in that. She, unless you're talking about her fighting somebody who's a cupcake or her last fight, she can't finish anybody. And if you are telling me that somebody is going to go out there and put it on Valentina Shevchenko, not just put it on Valentina Shevchenko, but put it on her for three out of five rounds, I'm going to laugh at you because there's no, no way this happens, especially not with Jennifer Maya. No, this is basically just uh, the UFC needed a title fight and they need to keep Shevchenko busy. So Maya, it, a lot of times in in this sport in the UFC, it just it, timing is everything. If if you are available to fight at the appropriate time that they need a title challenger, and you don't even have to be coming off a win, we've seen it people coming off losses. If you are in the right place at the right time, you can get a title fight. 
Yeah, and, and it's it's a shame that that happened too because there are a lot of fighters in this weight class, including one on this card that I would have rather given it to with, with uh, Cynthia Calvillo. I'd, I'd rather see her in this fight. I'd rather see Lauren Murphy in this fight. I'd rather see Jessica Andrade in this fight. Um, but here we are. We're, we're watching Jennifer Maya get decapitated on, on live pay-per-view. <laughs> The main event should be, at least on paper, it looks to be a more a more competitive uh, title fight. It is a uh, flyweight, but it's it's the men this time. Um, n- new champ, newly minted champ, uh, Devisan Figueredo, uh, his first title defense against Alex Perez, who's taken this fight kind of short notice. He he subbed in for uh, Cody Garbrandt, who didn't deserve the fight to begin with. So. Th- th- the MMA gods have smiled on us in this one. Uh, the champ's got three inches of reach. Uh, he's won four straight fights. He's eight and one in the UFC. Uh, Husier Formega is his only loss. Uh, the line's not up as we speak on my bookie, but I found it around mine in the minus 280, uh, 283 range. Um, which his opponent, five years his junior, he's won three straight fights, so he's uh, and seven out of eight. So he's definitely a worthy uh, opponent, despite me joking about him not being a big name. I'm definitely not saying he's not worthy. He, his only UFC losses to uh, Joe Benavides. So there's definitely no shame in that. Um, should be a entertaining fight, but I am going with the champ. I just think he's not as not as much as Shevchenko, but he's he's a, a scary guy and, and uh, a bulldozer at flyweight. And I'm going to pick him until, until someone uh, proves me wrong. Yeah, I definitely hear you on that one about him being a bulldozer, but it's actually what I hate about him in this fight here because you're right. He's a bulldozer. He's a guy who plows through with a couple of big shots here and there. If you look at his his striking metrics too, he's landing about a little under three punches a minute. And, And that's actually what alarms me against somebody like Alex Perez who has incredible volume when he fights. He's a guy who lands almost five shots a minute. If you actually look at their numbers... He, Alex Perez is landing twice as much as Davidson Figueredo. Now, granted, it's not with the same kind of power, but it is with the same kind of damage. If you look, he's not throwing those shots to the head. He's throwing those shots to the body. He's throwing those shots to the legs. And if we're talking about a, a fight that can possibly go five rounds, I think you're going to see that add up here. Um, and with that being said, I'm going to go with Alex Perez. I actually think ah. he gets the upset pick here in the main event. And, and some of it is because I think he does that cumulative damage. And if he does enough to stay away from the punches of Figueredo, I think he, he probably could get him stopped late. And the other thing I think we're underrating here, too, is the, the grappling game of Alex Perez is exceptional. He's a guy who not only took down Mark De La Rosa, who is a good grappler, but he took him down and dominated him there. He also took down talented wrestler Jordan Espinosa and not just took him down, but took him down and subbed him in the first round. You know, like he's a guy who took down Eric Shelton, who he lauded their grappling. And he took down Carl's Johns de Tomas, who's, I mean, maybe a little bit less good. This guy's got anaconda chokes after anaconda chokes on his record. Meanwhile, we're looking at, at Figueredo, and I know, you know, he's the Brazilian. So we instantly assume that he's got a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he's been doing it since he could walk. But he's a guy who gets taken down a fair amount, right? Like, Tim Elliott took him down a bunch of times. Alessandre Pantoja took him down twice. The reason he lost to Juicy A. Formiga, that loss that you mentioned, is because Juicy A. Formiga took him down three times. Like, there's reason to believe that Alex Perez, even if he's having trouble with, like I said, the volume striking that I talked about before, I think there's probably a chance here that he does the damage with the, the grappling as well. I like him in lots of different aspects here. And at plus two, like you said, somewhere hovering around 230, 240. I think that this is a, an easy pick to go with the underdog if you're gambling. Um, and, and even if you're not gambling, I, I think he's got a great chance here. Yeah, it should be, should be an exciting fight. That They're all very good points. Perez would be a very... Uh, very worthy the champion uh, for sure. And there's also the, the weight cutting issues coming into play here. As we know, the the God of War very famously misweight his first crack at at uh, at the gold. He, he made weight last fight, but but who knows how much uh, weight he's going to have to cut this week and and how much that's going to take out of him. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's really important too when we're talking about again the volume of of Alex Perez and the leg kicks. If he's seeing damage to his legs and his lungs aren't aren't keeping up, I mean, I think for sure that that's a problem for Figueredo. Yeah, definitely. Now we mentioned 
uh, we mentioned some some possible props and, and parlays earlier. Do you have any that you like heading into this? Yeah, absolutely. So the the parlay I'm really loving right now is is we mentioned that Alan Joban is a barely a favorite on this fight card, and I actually think that those odds are probably a little off. I think he should probably be a much larger favorite. I'm going to pair him in this fight with Antonita Shevchenko because I think, like I said before, she's just a better version of Lipsky. Anything Lipsky's going to try to do, she's going to do worse than Al- or than uh, Antonita Shevchenko does. So I-, I like pairing those two together. You're going to get probably like a 150 return on that. I also think j- just from a, the standpoint of the durability of the two fighters, uh, if you're betting you know, in the, the fight between um, Joaquin Buckley and Jordan Wright, um, I, I think a, a KO finish on either of those sides makes a lot of sense um, in that one. And, and I said before, you know, with Stolfoots and, and Dawkins, uh, whoever you're picking there, probably just go with the decision prop because I think that that's probably the safest play too. So I'm saying decision in Dawkins, finish in Buckley right, and then go ahead and pair Joban and Shevchenko together. Awesome. The odds uh, that someone's mouth guard disappears. Oh, um, I'm going to go with plus 350, uh, and, and I'm going to bet the no side of that at uh, about negative <laughs> 400, because if that ever happens again, that would be just wild. That's probably probably a good bet there. So that does it for the car, but we gave you all all the winners. Uh, all mine will be correct. Dan got a few wrong, so um, just take take that in mind when you're when you're headed to your your bookies if you want to uh thank me uh on twitter uh, for all the great picks i gave you i'm at jeff fox writer if you want to uh curse dan out for his horrible picks he's at gumby breland uh you can also i suggest you listen to his his other two podcasts uh the top turtle mma that, that one basically um has uh, fighter interviews and then a little bit of gambling talk and news at the end. And then the prelim picker, he breaks down all the prelim fights and probably contradicts everything he said on, on this podcast. <laughs> I, I am getting better at making sure they meld together. I got called out one time <laughs> on that on Twitter. Somebody's like, I thought you said this guy was going to win. And then four minutes later, I listened to a different podcast. I'm like, first of all, you are listening to way too much of me. Uh, yes. <laughs> but second of all, thank you for pointing that out. I will try to be more consistent. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm consistent this week. So I think you can trust these picks. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, make make sure you, you check out our stuff at uh, MMA-Manifesto.com. Dan will have some good uh, betting uh, plus scouting reports on on some guys uh, guys or gals on the card coming up. I'll have all the usual uh, usual stuff have on there, plus a uh, pick'em contest, uh, which you can win free stuff. And who doesn't like free stuff? And I will have my UFC written preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, Network website uh, later on this week. So that does it for now. Um, I should probably come up with a with a good ending to these podcasts. Uh, maybe uh, it's all over. How about that? I'll steal it from from Mike Goldberg. So thanks for listening. We will uh, hit you up again next week. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. No, it's from Geico because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.